Lord is doing really quite great things amongst us, isn't he? Drawing us to himself and really restoring faith. That's what he's about. Uh, most of you know it. For those of you who are not quite sure what he's doing, that is what he's doing. That's his goal, this, this drawing to him. It's not just one or the other because you can't have faith without the connection with him, but it's drawing to himself and this restoration of the real thing, the real faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we had an amazing prayer meeting here uh, on Wednesday for those of you who were here. All I can say is it was a joy. You know that my, there will be joy in my house of prayer, there was joy. And you only get the joy, to be honest, when you're really believing. Without the believing, it's a lot of hard work, and you kind of are looking at your watch. It wasn't like that. It was like a, oh, my gosh, spirit of faith. And it was more blessed, actually, to give than to receive. Uh, yes, of course it was more blessed to give than to receive. But it was such a blessing to be part uh, of giving in that way, to sowing into kingdom business so that we see it on earth. Well, we're going to refresh on the first uh, key and, and really significant scripture that the Lord's speaking to us at the moment, and that's from Joshua 3, verse 5. Uh, Joshua said to the people, Jesus says to us, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, in a little while, the Lord will do wonders among you or amongst you. Um, Joshua, you know the story well, most of you. Uh, some of you will have heard it and learnt it from childhood. But Joshua led God's people into the promised land. That's a shadow of, of us inheriting all the promises of God. You know, what we've been given in Christ. And there's this kind of strange... Um, we need the Lord to help us grasp it, but I'm going to attempt to help you grasp it. We have received promises from God. You know, if you're born again, Christ is in you and you are in him. So you have him. These great and precious promises, every one of them has been given to you personally, yet we still need to possess it, right? It's being given, but we need to possess it. And what helps me to kind of get it, those of you who online shop, which I'm pretty confident is probably everybody in the room, there are times when you might choose click and collect, right? When you go through the payment page or when you go through the checkout, you pay for your purchase. Is it yours or is it yours? From that point on, when you've put your pin in and all the kind of security bits and you've checked out, does that item now belong to you? Does it still belong to the shop? That's a no-brainer, isn't it? It's yours. It belongs to you. You've paid for it. However, is it in your hands yet? No. Are you benefiting from it yet? No. And that's how it is with, with many of the promises. It's ours. Jesus has paid for the lot. But we're not benefiting from them all yet praise God but then you you go you collect what is yours gets into your hand you start to benefit from it and you hope it's even better than you thought it would be well let me tell you they're even better oh come on than we even might imagine more than we could ask or imagine 
but he is wanting to bring the word, his word, into our experience, off the page and into our experience. So it's not just a head thing. It's a life thing. It's I'm living in the good of this. Um, he's called us to consecrate because he's holy, as we've been hearing, and light and dark don't mix. And I've been um, reading a scripture this week in Hebrews 12. It says, be at peace with all people, verse 14. Pursue peace with all people, actually, and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Holiness actually is key. A rightness in our heads, in our hearts, in our, the way we live our lives. Holiness and faith. This restoration of faith, only believe, Jesus said. Only believe and you will see the glory of God. You will see the goodness of God in your own life. Amazing. So we're going to look. Uh, I, I need to kind of move through perhaps a bit quicker because I, I, the Lord's given me a lot of scriptures and stuff that he wants to, I trust, transfer, download to you this morning. And we're going to look at who he is. And we're going to look at where he is. And I am praying that this will be revelation because this key scripture, another key scripture, but it really is a key, key scripture, um, we're all familiar with it. We've heard it probably many, many, many times. And I'm praying. And in fact, I just want you to close your eyes and invite the Lord to make this revelation to you that faith will come. You may have heard it. You may have heard it a hundred times, a thousand times. But this morning, that faith will come. That revelation, the light will go on in your spirit and you will believe this. Lord, I want to give you permission to blow my mind. <laughs> I invite you, in fact, to blow my mind. And I pray, Lord, that this will be a mind-blowing morning for all of us here and all of us who are watching online. Lord, that you will take the truth of Scripture and bring faith. Thank you. That's what you're about. Thank you. That substance of faith, that spiritual substance comes through hearing your word. And so, Lord, we pray for open ears. Open ears in Jesus' name. Earth, earth, hear the word of the Lord. Let it come to our spirits, Lord, as life. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. So this scripture, it has the ability to blow your mind. When you get this as a revelation and start believing it, and I mean really start believing it, it's life-changing. It's one of the key revelations of the whole New Testament, and it starts, Paul calls it a mystery. We're going to start in Colossians 1 verse 26. And he says, the mystery that has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, those who don't know him, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. For generations, it was hidden. Previous generations, they didn't know about it. It was hidden from them. But God will to make it known to his saints. He still 
wills to make it known to his saints. The cry of his heart to every generation is to make this mystery known. Because I tell you, this is the bomb. You get this, that's it. Life changes from here on in. Christ in me, not Christ in heaven. Christ in me. And it is a secret because he's hidden. You know, you can't see him. You look and probably feel very ordinary. But he says to you, you are way above ordinary. You just need to start to believe it. He calls us a peculiar people in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, a strange people or an unusual people. You're not the same as your non-Christian family, work colleagues, neighbors, whoever it is around you who doesn't have Christ on the inside. You might look and feel and even talk the same. You're not ordinary. Christ himself, this is the thing, not just a blessing and not a limited Christ, not a part of Christ, Christ himself. Lord, please help us get this. By revelation, Christ himself lives in us. I know we know it in our heads. Like you know you've got a heart and lungs and a liver on the inside that keep you ticking over. We know we've got Christ on the inside. But we need to really stop and consider who he is. And we're going to walk through some scriptures this morning and, and look at who he is. Because we must understand who is on the inside. Not the human Jesus. Not the Jesus that you read about in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. The risen, ascended, glorified King of kings and Lord of lords. Boom. Mind-blowing. Not theory. Utterly practical this is. Because God knows no one in this room, no Christian on the face of this planet can ever live the Christian life without him. We just simply can't. We can't fulfill our call. We can't fulfill the expectations he has of us, of you, he knew he had to put Christ in you. <laughs> he knew. He knew. He knew he couldn't just put angels around you. He knew he couldn't just put his word in front of you. As amazing, and we honor the word above all things, but he knew you would need more than the written word. You would need the spirit of Christ himself on the inside. Oh, let's raise a hallelujah. So, let's look at who he is. Because I tell you what, when we start approaching all of life with the revelation of, hang on a minute, the risen, ascended, glorified, that one is on the inside. Changes everything. Many of us believe what the Bible says about the Lord. No problem with that. No difficulty believing how great he is, how powerful he is, but we struggle a bit to believe who he's made us. Anybody else? Yeah, he's all that. He's amazing. Nothing he can't do but me. Well, you know, good days and bad days. You know, we look at ourselves. We look at our circumstances. We feel a bit ordinary, probably very ordinary. Some days we feel completely rubbish, let's face it, but the secret is is this Colossians 1 verse 27, Christ in you. Just turn to the person next to you, please, and say he's in there. Christ is in you. Next slide. 
you got it. You got it as a brilliant slide. The secret is this, Christ in you. Right, so we're going to walk through some scriptures. We're going to go first to Colossians 1, verses 15. How are you doing out there? 15 to 18. Who is he? He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He's before all things, and in him all things consist or hold together. He's the head of the body, the church, who's the beginning. We were just singing it earlier, the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence, center stage, spotlight on him. Right, so let's just unpack that a bit. The creator of all things on the inside. (laughs) He's in you, the one who holds all things together. The creator of all the planets, all the stars, all the galaxies, the whole universe, the one who created all those things. And by his will, they exist and were created. He holds them together. He upholds all things by the word of his power on the inside. The head of the church is in you. I mean... Mic drop moment, I won't do it. But really, you know, surely he is able to help you walk out your Christian life. The head of the church, he's not just head of a department or head of the church in one country. The head of the entire church in every nation, in every generation, from the start till the finish and all things are wrapped up in him. I mean, is it just me or is this like, I just can't, I'm trying. Help me to believe. I feel a bit like, you know, Lord, I believe, I believe. Help my unbelief. But the spirit of faith is in us. He, he gives us faith. Colossians 2 verse 3. And in him, in whom, but it's in him, in this Jesus, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Does anybody ever run out of ideas or like, what do I do about this? What do I do about them? And if you don't, well, well, you're wise in your own eyes and that's a problem as well, a big one. But anyway, (laughs) somebody greater than Google is on the inside of you. Come on. Oh, yes. He's called omniscient. That means he knows everything. Listen, he has the benefit of all of human history to look at at any point of time he chooses. Some of it is written in the Old Testament, and we are wise to learn from their mistakes. All of human history laid out before him. All the details of the present world we live in, he knows. He knows it all. There's nothing he doesn't know. 
all the details of the future. I mean, what pressure we are in as a country, the whole world, financial, political, social, the planet, climate change. I mean, it goes on and on and on. You watch the news and you get more and more depressed without remembering, oh, hang on a minute, there's Jesus. We've got a savior. He lives in us, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But you know what? He not only knows the macro, he knows the micro. So he knows all of your history. He knows all about your present. And he knows all about your future. How silly are we not to invite that wisdom in? Lord, what are you saying? What's your take on this? You know, really eager to hear his voice eager to hear his voice in the scriptures. Notice I said voice, the voice, the voice through the scriptures, the preceding word, current word to you personally. And as you pray, you know, when you pray, just listen for the voice. You know, when you're praying about something, listen for his voice. Lord, what are you saying? Often it comes as you pray out loud, you hear him. Because we need to know things by revelation not by worked out reasoning. So be led by this head, not this head. I think I'll say that again. Not be led by this head. No, no, sorry. (laughs) It's like pat your head, rub your tummy. Right. Not be led by this head, human reasoning, human mind, but this head, spirit, the spirit given word. And when it's right and when there's big stuff and big decisions you know, life-changing stuff in life. He's given us wise counsel in the church. Leaders, spiritual faith friends, in the multitude of counsel, there's safety, Scripture says. Ephesians 1 verse 22 said, God has given him to be the head of all things. He's the boss, right? If I can put it like that, he's in you and he's the boss. But my gosh, he's a great boss. He's fair. And he is favorable. He's generous. Christ in us, the hope of glory. He doesn't lead us into distress and trouble. Actually, he'll lead us away if we're listening. So, the more you focus on Christ in you, I'm practicing this, by the way. It's really great. The more you focus on Christ in you, the less you're focused on your own weaknesses. The weaknesses of your own flesh, your own limitations, natural, your own natural weaknesses. You walk a bit taller, a lot taller. You live a bit braver. Because if this one we've just read about is in you, what can't you do? Come on. What can't you change? As led by him. You know, so he is for you. He's in you and he's for you, but he's in you and he's for others. He wants to reveal himself to you, but then through you to those around you. I know you know this, but he's got a royal purpose for your life. I mean, really, you know, we could only accomplish it by him, but he's certainly not along just to bless your thing, you know, your plans. 
But the revelation of this, my gosh, it can change the world and will change the world. The real revelation of this. I did Youth Connect a couple of Fridays ago and that was, it was a joy to be honest. It was a whole lot of fun. They're brilliant. They're live wires. But I enjoyed it. And I spoke on the secret is this, Christ in you. And I said, Lord, give me something visual. I mean, I'm, you know it. I love images because they help me get things, truth. Uh, and I know kids are like that as well. They need something memorable. And anyway, the Lord gave me a jammy dodger, right? There it is. To show them, the, to show them the secret is this, Christ in you. When, what do you look at? When you look at that jammy dodger, are you looking at the biscuit bit? No, come on, well, unless you're really hungry. <laughs> what the lot? You, you, you look at and you think about that big red heart in the middle. Come on. He wants us conscious of that big red heart in the middle. Christ in me. Love never fails. God is love. He's never fa- he never fails. We need to practice that on our family and our friends and those around us. The big red heart, conscious of Christ in us. And that is such an important part of living this out. This consciousness. Consciousness of Christ in me, Christ in you. But there's another part of this that is also really vital. Consciousness of him, but also agreement. Or if I can put it another way, union. Unity. Unity. Smith Wigglesworth has a phrase, and he says, the secret to the power is union with him. Oneness, united. Colossi- uh, no, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17, says, he who's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So we know we're one spirit with him. If you're born again, and I'm confident most of us here are, um, if not all, you're one spirit. Right now, where you're sitting, you're one spirit. You, 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 the human spirit and the spirit of God united. No fight. You're one in spirit with him. However, what about your soul? Ha, huh. that's the battleground very often, isn't it? And he wants us to be one in our soul with him. Okay, so that your soul has contact with him. You're thinking God thoughts. You're wanting God ways. You're even feeling God emotions. It's possible. What a miracle. Not to be led by your own up and down, here and there emotions, roller coaster ride, but his emotions, which flow in his will. So his goal, this rhymes this bit, I like this, because I hope it makes it memorable. His goal is that your soul is in harmony with him. Just say that out loud. His goal is that my soul is in harmony with him. It's possible. Let me just give you that good news. He doesn't want puppets. If you think about a puppet, Uh, In my head, I'm thinking about there was a name, a famous one, a wooden one. (laughs) It's controlled by another person. It just says what the person operating wants it to say. He doesn't want puppets. Praise God. He had 
so much better plan than that, higher, more wonderful than that, and that is that his living children would choose his will. You became a child of God by choice. You continue your walk with him by choice. It's never, never, he's not a dictator. He's king of kings and lord of lords, but he never overtake your will. Always we have free will. We can choose it or choose not. We step out at any time, and we do. But he says, look, my goal is that you choose my will. But in that choice, oh my gosh, I'm going to bless you in ways more than you could ask or imagine. You know, two lives becoming one. Thinking God thoughts, wanting God things. So there's no more fight. No more fight. It's simple trust. Simple trust that, Lord, you know best. You know, people that fight the will of God, honestly, I think at the very root of it, I know it's rebellion, disobedience, da-da-da-da-da. But at the very root of it is a deep distrust in the goodness of God. In the love of God. In the fact that he has their very best interests at heart. And all of this narrowness that the flesh doesn't want, oh my gosh, it's a way of life. It's a way of life. And there's this scripture in um, Psalm 131. I love it. It's about, it's called Simple Trust, something like that, the title of it in my Bible. But it's talking about the soul. It says, surely I've calmed and quietened my soul for you. Like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. No fight anymore. The, the couple who moved in next door to me had a baby two weeks ago. And baby, <laughs> they're demanding. They can't help it. They need food. And when they want it, they want it now. And our souls can be very much like that. Um, but I've been listening to this song, and I wanted to share one, uh, one of the lyrics from it. And in it, it says, I set my will to go with your plan. And that's that the fight stops because I choose you then, Lord. And I trust you with the consequences. That's up to you to work out. You take care of me. I I do what you want me to do. You work it out then. It may or may not look right to me. Do I always want to do the will of God? Absolutely not. There was something you wanted me to do a few weeks ago. I did absolutely not want to do it. It, it was going to a neighbor's coffee morning. And I, well, I can't give you the details, but I really, really, really didn't want to go. And it, you know that nagging that the Lord can do? Oh, my gosh. And in the end, I'm like, okay, you win, I'll go. PJ's like, you should go, you should go. I'm like, please, not you as well. <laughs> Two voices saying the same thing because her soul's in contact with him. I'm like, I really? Okay. Anyway, I went. It was amazing. I enjoyed myself. I didn't have opportunities for the gospel then, but I believe it's opening doors for the future, right? 
So you don't always want to do it. And honestly, when I was walking to the house, have you ever felt like I'm walking forward, but my soul is walking backwards? I, honestly, it was like that. But I find that the more I choose his will, the less my flesh argues. Have you found that? It is like a kind of your flesh, like a demanding child. And if it thinks it has a chance to win, oh, then the fight starts. Isn't that right? But if it knows there's no choice, no chance on this one, you don't, don't even bother. Like I have settled, of course, where you will find me on a Sunday morning is in church. My flesh doesn't fight that anymore because that is settled. Prayer meeting, you're going to find me there. My flesh doesn't fight that one anymore. My flesh fights other things I'm not going to even tell you about. But if it thinks it's got a chance, it will. And we just have to say, I set my will to yours, Lord, to go with your plan. And no good thing will he withhold. Back to the start of the year, the blessing of a set heart. No good thing will he withhold from him whose walk is upright. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. So God's will is Christ in comes out. The Christ in you comes out of your soul and then your body follows suit. Because if your soul is wanting one thing, absolutely your body's going to follow. Your body will do what your soul wants. Through your eyes, through your words, through your ways, through all of you. <laughs> it doesn't just happen. Don't we wish it would? Don't we, don't we wish it was just automatic? It's never automatic. The people that you admire spiritually, they've invested. They're not where they are in God because the investment hasn't gone on. So we have to let the word work on us. I love Psalm 19. It says, it makes wise the simple, it rejoices the heart, it enlightens the eyes, it converts the soul. So a conversion, years ago I converted a loft. It was one thing, it became another. If your soul's converted, it was going one way, but then it goes another, his way. But there's no conversion without our yes, back to the free will. Never force you. No conversion without our yes. So we can read the word and not change. If we don't change, it's literally just knowledge. You can quote it. You can preach to other people about it. But if the conversion's not gone on in you from your yes, God has his opinions, you keep yours. Separate. There's no power in that. And the thing is, he is not going to change. With him, there's no variation or shadow of turning. He's not going to change his mind. He's not going to dilute it. He's not going to make it easier for you. He just doesn't. I, I've really just, Lord, you're, there's only one of us going to change here, and you're not going to. So I need to. Years ago, I heard this uh, story that somebody told, they were preaching, and, and it's really brilliant, and it's never left me, and I'm going to tell it, because I just think it's really helpful, and he, he tells this story of a, an old man out on a deck in a rocking chair, and the story goes that this man, rocking on his chair, 
on the deck. Occasionally, a cat would sidle up beside him, and with each rock, he stroked the cat. <laughs> and one day, the cat sidled up from the opposite direction. The man's chair is still rocking this way. Cat's going the opposite way. And the man starts to stroke the cat. Well, of course, the cat, <laughs> I can see it, all the fur is being pushed the wrong way. And somebody says to the man, don't you realize you're making that cat very uncomfortable? Could turn on you. And his response was, you probably know it, let the cat turn. <laughs> let the cat turn. And that is the Lord's response to all of us. If we're wise, if we're humble, we change. He's the only wise God. He couldn't love you more. He literally couldn't love you more. His perfect love casts out all fear. And I think the Holy Spirit sometimes is on the inside of us. And you know the story of the Titanic, where somebody on the front of that ship saw the iceberg and shouted. I don't know what they shouted. Turn. Turn. <laughs> turn. And I think sometimes the Holy Spirit on the inside of us is saying, turn, turn, turn. If you could see what was ahead, you wouldn't be choosing this right now with your job, with your finances, with your kids. Turn, turn. And so when we read the word and we feel like that cat with all our fur being pushed in the wrong direction, there's only one thing to do. Turn, turn. It's called repentance. Ha, oh, repentance unto life, but it's soul-saving. You receive the word with meekness. It's able to save your soul from trouble ahead. It's able to save your life from trouble ahead. Knowledge plus repentance is amazing. God celebrates it because that's the union. That's the agreement with him. He is celebrating having a party with the angels at this point. However, still not enough to see the power of God. It's brilliant, and we celebrate with you when you turn, but it's still not enough. So what's needed then is the knowledge of the word plus the repentance, turning, and faith. Faith. Faith changes you. Faith changes everything. Faith in Christ in you. Faith in Christ in you. Not Christ in heaven, Christ in you. The strong one in you right now. For all the big stuff you face and the small. The wise one in you. So knowledge plus repentance plus the faith equals power. Bring God, brings God on the scene. I'm going to say it, wait, there it is before you. Knowledge plus repentance plus faith equals power. And God is moving in a very definite and powerful way. For those of us who have eyes to see and ears to hear. And he's wanting to move us from just knowledge, knowing it, to power, just knowing the word, to the experience of it, knowing his peace, every day that surpasses all understanding, 
knowing because you can tell stories about your God supplying all your needs according to your rich inheritance. Isaiah 61, knowing the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news to the poor, to heal broken hearts, set captives free. Knowing it because we see it. We know it because we read it. We know it because we believe it. And then we know it because, my gosh, I've got a story to tell you. It's amazing what God did for me. Knowledge plus repentance plus faith equals power. But if we can bring that back up, that slide, in between the knowledge and the power is repentance and faith. Both are vital. But if all we do is repent without the faith, let me tell you, it's just miserable. It literally is. It's like it's all cross and it's all death. And you're like standing at the graveside sobbing over what you're saying goodbye to. It's that. It, you're just so down about it. You're okay, I've repented. Yes, Lord, I've given it up. It was really hard. Do you know how hard it was? Yes. But we're there at the graveside laying flowers hoping other people will lay flowers and feel sorry at our loss for us as well. And he's saying, only believe the other side of the cross is resurrection. You need to come into that. Resurrection life. His power. Evidence of it. Experience of it. Faith in the Son of God. On the inside, we're going to finish with Galatians 2 verse 20. This is true for you, by the way. I've been crucified with Christ. In fact, we're going to say this together. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's give him a round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But he's, he's, look, he's so wanting, and he's not letting up on this. He's so wanting every one of us to have new faith, new faith in the Son of God on the inside. Not faith in me, faith in him. Whatever you're finding difficult in your life at the moment, something, someone, maybe something in the future, every time you think of it, you get anxious. The answer is this, Christ in you. How are you going to handle it, Christ in you? How are you going to deal with it, Christ in you? Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm going to ask you to stand, and if the worship team could come forward. You know, we can live our lives triumphantly by believing this. I have a devotional on my coffee table, um, and it's called Another Day of Victory. It's a hardback, and it's gold on the front and on the spine of it. And on the front it says another day of victory, but on the side it just says another day because the victory bit has worn off, the guild gold. <laughs> it's just another day. And you know what, it's just, without believing this, it's just another day of toil and stress and oh, your head hits the pillow at night, it's like, oh thank God, that day's done, just another day. Well, come on, he wants us to have every day. It's another day of victory, why? Christ is in me. What can he not do? What can he not change? I'm just going to ask you to come on. 
close your eyes. The Lord's doing a thorough work, and I, I wasn't sure whether I was going to share this, but I'm going to. Um, in the early hours of this morning, I had this dream, and um, oh, it was, a, it was a shocking dream, and I'm not going to go into the details of it, because I can't really, or I shouldn't. But there was a basement of a house, and in this house was a skip. And in this skip was a whole lot of rubbish. And I don't just mean food waste. It was shocking what was in there. It was rotting, it was stinking, it was foul. And I woke, and, and the, I had just heard this voice, get it out of the house. It's ruining the house, get it out, get it out, get it out of the house. And the Lord is on a clean-up mission because I tell you what, He is so wanting, so wanting to reveal His power and His glory to us and to this world, desperate world that we live in. But He can't mix with unholy. What fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? Light and dark don't mix. What fellowship has Christ with Belial, it says, they can't mix. And so if there is anything, and I really want to urge you, anything that you know is unclean or wrong in your thoughts, in your heart attitudes, your responses that you know, my gosh, in my head that was justified, but somehow. I don't feel right on the inside about that one. In your actions, your behavior, whatever it is. Well, let me tell you, it's beneath you. And it's certainly beneath him. I just want to ask you, literally, if there's anything, just like a torchlight going through a dark basement, if there's anything, anything in the shadows, any anything that you know, doesn't please him you would feel embarrassed about if he walked in in his human body and saw it oh just get rid of it tell him Lord I'm sorry about that I am sorry whoever confesses his sin he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness any decisions that you know are not right. You may be able to justify it, reason it out, and, you know, other people are telling you, oh, well, that's fine. But somehow in your heart of hearts, you know it's not what he wants. <laughs> Decisions that you've made or maybe even thinking of making, those ones where you think you know best, but he's saying, uh-uh, that's not for you. It's not for your kids. It's not for your time. It's not for your money. It's not for you because it's not for me. But I tell you what, oh, if you will walk in my ways, if you will heed my word, I'll feed you with the finest wheat. Honey from the rock, no good thing will I withhold. No good thing. Oh, just tell him, just speak in your own words, in your own way. But don't miss this opportunity in time to get things straightened out and cleared up. You're a holy God. He's a holy God. He's a holy spirit. 
do you not know you're the temple of the living God and the Holy Spirit lives in you? If you need to, and I think this would be so good for all of us to do, set, just tell him, I set my will to go with your plan. Whatever you want, Lord, from here on in, whatever you say, King Jesus, it's all right with me. The stuff I find easy, the stuff I really am maybe not going to find easy, but my gosh, we got on the inside. What can't I do? He wants us to enter into His resurrection, lifting power that is not natural, it's not of this world, it's of another kingdom and it's from another king. Grace of God, the grace of God, the ability of God to do what only God can do. Oh, come Lord Jesus, we pray. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord, I want to pray for your whole church and myself included. Raise our awareness, Jesus. You're that big red beating heart on the inside. You live by your spirit in every one of us who believes. But Jesus, help us not go through a day, not even half a day, without a consciousness of you. Why don't you pray and ask the Lord? Let's make this personal this morning. Lord, help me. Help me not to be so earthbound and natural focused. There's stuff to do, there's work to do, there's always a job list. But Lord, let me not go through a day without a consciousness of you. Let me not get to the end of the day and think, oh, I never even thought about Jesus, let alone talk to him today. Consciousness, consciousness, consciousness of the living God. The other side of the cross the power of God that in other generations and even in our own generation people have known in incredible ways we're going to sing a song in a moment that was written in the Welsh revival chokes me every time in former generations church this was called revival and it's still called revival coming back to life the life of God, the life of God. The Welsh Revival in 1904 to 1905, tens of thousands were swept into the kingdom because do you know what? The church had a hunger for God that could not be satisfied by anything else but God himself, Christ himself. There was an outpouring of the Spirit in the chapels that went into the valleys, down the mines. They sang this song with all their hearts were converted, cities were transformed. It was 120 years ago. That's not long. He's done it before. He can do it again. Why not us, Lord? Why not here, Lord? Let's sing, church. Here is love, vast as the ocean. I plead with you, make this a prayer. Make this more than a song this morning. Make this a prayer from the heart. Let's sing. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.